Merry Flixmas to us. Welcome back to another episode of Christmas in Chill. I'm Katrina. I'm Algus. And this week we will be covering Christmas Inheritance. Algus, why did we choose this particular film? Well, uh, the cover of the film is very striking. It's got an attractive woman with two hunks next to her. And you know that you're going to be in for a ride. You are going to be tasked at choosing which hunk is going to be the right one for the girl. So we know that we're going to start taking sides uh, and that you have to hate the other guy. So we're excited to hate, excited to love. I think that's very true. I think that's no better way of saying it. Uh, this movie dropped also last Christmas season in 2017. I have seen this movie four times. Algus, how many times have you seen this movie? This is my first time. Okay, first time, but I don't know if there's going to be a review from Algus, given what's what's ahead. So we're just going to dive right in with the synopsis of what happens in Christmas Inheritance. Ellen Langford is the heiress to her father's gift company called Home and Hearth. Uh, she is known as a party heiress after some wild stunts at a Toys for Tots fundraiser. Side note, she has an always-on-the-cell-phone sexy guy fiancé. To get back in her father's good graces and inherit the company, her father sends her to Snow Falls, the founding town of Home and Hearth, with only $100 and a round-trip bus ticket. She is to hand-deliver an annual letter from her father to the co-founder of the company, her, quote, Uncle Zeke. She meets a dreamy cab driver slash innkeeper when she arrives in Snow Falls. Over time, the two get closer, unexpectedly. They find out much about each other. She hides her identity as Ellie London instead of Ellen Langford. She falls in love with the town and the town's people. Her identity is discovered, everyone is mad at her, and she leaves and comes back, falls back in love with the dude. Boom. Christmas inheritance. All right. Thanks for that description. Thank so, you. This one was kind of a hard one to sum up because there's a lot lot to unpack, but also nothing to unpack at the very same time. So Before we get into anything, we're going to start a new segment called 3 versus 3. We want to at least mention three reasons why I dislike this movie, and Katrina will follow up with three reasons why perhaps somebody might like this movie. Yep. So, number one on the list, uh, this demonizes people from the city, puts them in a very bad light, ooh, spooky, scary people from the big city, Yep. and number two on the list, it raises the small town lifestyle on a sanctimonious pedestal. Whoa. I, big uh, words. Oh, yes. Uh, probably those small town people might not understand it because these big city folk... <laughs> Who are so terrible to use those big words. That's something this movie might say. You're not from around here, are you? Yeah. Uh, and number three on the list. It unrealistically portrays how quickly people change. Uh, that's something that I had trouble uh, accepting while watching this movie. And so uh, now Katrina's going to refute these three things with three rays of light that came from this movie. Yeah, absolutely. I think we need to look at the bright side, too. And uh, I don't want to crush anybody's dreams who really love this film. So we're going to talk about the top three reasons why someone would like this movie. So there's a cute girl and a cute boy. That's reason number one. Can't go wrong there, right? You're set up for success. Number two, she chooses the sweet boy over the mean boy, which we always like to see that. We always like to see the girl getting the right guy. Number three, she has a touching change of heart. So whereas Algus saw it as unbelievable. 
It could be seen as beautiful and touching and that she was finally getting in touch with what her heart wants. Okay, so now we have multiple ways of approaching this film. Uh, so now let's go just dive into the discussion. Yeah, let's do. So the movie starts off at a Toys for... T- oh, actually, before the actual movie starts, of yes. course, you need the shots of New York City. Well, yeah, we have to set it up. Every uh, movie needs a place. So if you caught our first episode of... Um, Christmas and chill. You noticed our critique of the opening scene of New York. This time, I think uh, Netflix actually got their act together, and there's a lot of consistency with this opening. It is not Chicago this time. It's not Chicago this time. (laughs) Uh, It seems to be about the same weather in every shot. Yep. Uh, And then we then go to which was CGI snow, was it not? Uh, this time it wasn't. In Christmas Prince, there was uh, they did animate snow. Okay. Into gotcha. But uh, this time, uh, then we go into the Toys for Tots. Uh, there's a ball, and they're looking for, uh, where's Ellen Langford? Because she needs to make the big speech. Yeah, she needs to make a big speech. And lo and behold, she's doing cartwheels in a side room. While ripping shots at the bar. Ripping shots at the bar, being a bad girl. I guess those are bad things. Ripping shots and doing cartwheels. I mean, if dress. you're supposed to make a speech at a gala, you probably shouldn't be ripping shots. Uh, up to you, though. You know, right. up so, to your own discretion. So it's just some bad decision-making, just showing that, oh, here's this heiress who just doesn't give a flying... A flying flip. A flying reindeer. But she does a lot of flips. She does some flips. Uh, <laughs> and so then she uh, she's like, watch this. And she'll, she does this flip. Uh, it Time stops. It becomes slow motion all of a yep. sudden. She flips over. She vaults over the Toys for Tots train around the Christmas tree. Right. And yeah. then uh, as somebody says, Ellen, she gets distracted, trips, and then falls into the tree. Uh, and this is the moment where the paparazzi come out and all take pictures of this... Uh, Fallen heiress. This fallen heiress in the tree. And, and uh, her underpants as well, I believe, were exposed a couple times in the sequence. Right. And then the next scene, the, her father is disappointedly looking at her pictures in some tabloids. We probably shouldn't mention that we meet the disgusting fiancé, uh, Mr. Pittman. Yeah. Uh, yeah so and that he, he's just on his phone, just texting, emailing. He can't be bothered to talk to a human in the room. He's a jerk. Uh, Total jerk. Easy to hate. Yeah. Somebody who's... Selfish jerk. Selfish jerk. Always on his phone. Never never happy. Uh, just has an air of... Superiority. Superiority. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, obviously, we're set up to not like him from the jump. Yeah. Uh, but then we're setting up with her dad. Uh, who is the founder and CEO of Home and Hearth, Gifts and Christmas Company. <laughs> <laughs> so basically Hallmark <laughs> is what we learn here. Right. He comes to his daughter and says, I don't like these pictures. This is not who I want to leave the company to. Also, by the way, do you remember your mom's dead? Yep. And uh, I'm going to send you on a mission to change who you are. You need to hand deliver this letter to my co-founder Zeke. Which, can I just take a moment to side note, um, and I've discussed this with a few fans of the podcast have come forward um, to mention this, but why is it a prerequisite that the mother be dead? Because we're two for two right now on Christmas movies in which, and I know there's more to come, where the mother or father is missing, or, you know, gone. 
dead. Yeah. Uh, family death runs rampant in Netflix movies. But it really doesn't like serve the plot nine times out of ten. It's right. just like a this, thing. This could have been like maybe because it was already at ten of like, oh, you are going to inherit this company and we need to change you. You turn it up to eleven by saying, by the way, your mother's dead. Yeah. Just to, like, rub it in and make sure everybody knows that, like, you... That is, like... I guess it's just... This is a terrible thing to say, but an easy hardship to throw at them. Like, she's had this, you know, millionaire's life her whole life and been cushy and privileged, but she did have that one thing, and that's her mom. Right. So there we go. But anyway, so she has to hand-deliver these letters, these annual Christmas letters, to her Uncle Zeke, who she apparently doesn't know, but is referred to as her uncle. Yeah. She has no idea what he's like as a person, why there's this special correspondence every Christmas between the two founders. Yeah, to our knowledge, this is the first she knows of the special letters. And we're not quite sure why he works remotely in a town that doesn't have cell phone reception. Yeah. Uh, well, it's the town where Holman Hearth Gifts was founded. Yeah. He just stays true to the roots. Yeah, maybe he's the kind of the market research person. Maybe. But she's sent there to deliver the letters and learn the spirit of the company. And she's given $100, no credit cards, and a round-trip bus ticket. Right. And the credit cards are taken away from her at the bus station. She Very dramatically. That even though she defended the idea of being credit cardless to her fiancé, yeah. uh, she was still trying she's still hanging to bring on to some contraband. Life. Like, in the bus station, the dad's like... I know there's that extra one hiding yeah. in your bra. Yep. And she's like, okay. And speaking of her bra, I mean, her style of dress for this film, they make a very clear distinction of Country Mouse, City Mouse. Yeah, and she's, that she wears, like, over-the-knee boots and low-cut tops and, like, is just... Something that no other character in the movie wears. Yeah. and it It's very unique of, to her. It sets you up. If you are uh, somebody who likes to cover up a little bit, uh, then you can find some reason to hate this character a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, I feel for like... For being somebody who just lets it all hang out. Who just, you know, shows off her best features, you know? What are you going to do? Okay, so she gets on the bus, and as the bus is going, she's still looking for her seat. Which you would think, in order for the bus to depart, she would need to sit. But uh, the bus is moving, she's like, I haven't found my seat yet. Uh, And they're like, it's not assigned seating, it's not an airplane, girl. And then she sits down and is like, where's the call button? I need a glass of wine. And they're like, again, not an airplane. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, clearly those stupid city people, they don't know what they're doing, getting on these buses. Yep. Um, And then her bus lands at the town. Her bus lands. (laughs) It lands because it's it's an airplane in her mind. That's true. She's riding on the flight of life. It lands at Snow Falls and it's nice and snowy. It's, It's beautiful. Uh, There's carolers singing in the streets. Of course, yeah. carolers. So this this town is amped for Christmas, amped for the bus from New York City. Which, weren't they leaving in the dark? And then she gets there at like what seems to be 10 a.m.? Have you ever been on a Greyhound before? Uh, I have not had the privilege. I have not had the privilege either, but uh, from what I hear, it takes quite a while to get nowhere. Mm, yeah. Uh, so I... 
I believe that the passage of time is is different. That could be accurate then. Okay. So it it could be something that they took into account with a movie. Or maybe they left at 4 a.m. And also, we don't know where uh, Snow Falls is. You know, I was going to discuss that. I feel like it's like upstate New York or like New Hampshire or someplace cute. Possibly. Uh, For half the movie, I thought it was Sioux Falls. (laughs) So, <laughs> which is an entirely different place, and that would make sense for her to leave in the dark and get there in the day, <laughs> probably over two days. <laughs> probably, yeah. Uh, but okay, so she's in Snow Falls, not Sioux Falls, not Sioux Falls, Snow Falls, and of course the first mishap. Well, it's the second mishap because she already did the flip over the train in the first yeah. scene. Uh, but she's got her luggage, her ex- fancy city luggage with the wheels on it right outside the bus and this man with a comically oversized christmas tree walks by and knocks her luggage into traffic and then a cab driver well, hits it doesn't it. just knock it into traffic it makes it roll down the street in a very uh cartoonish fashion yeah so it's very much like a domino effect yeah and it's like whoa there goes the suitcase and uh then it uh, the cab driver like- strikes it uh, yeah, so he does strike the, the suitcase and clothes all over the place. Undergarments street, especially. Especially undergarments because, again, scandalous big city person. Yeah. Uh, how dare she have undergarments. Yeah. Uh, she and, needs to just wear Hanes her way, baby. Right. She just needs to go to Walmart and get herself a pair. You know, no shame if that's your life, but. Yeah. Um, not knocking on Walmart. Maybe I am. <laughs> so. Uh, We're target so, shoppers over here. <laughs> <laughs> the driver comes out and he's he's kind of a hunk. Yeah, he is. So he is uh Jake Lacey he plays Jake, whatever his name is in the movie. Convenient that his name is Jake in both scenarios, but you might know him as Plop from the office. Apparently he was in girls as well. He he's gotten around as like the cute all around good guy numerous times. Well, I think he, he plays this character well because he's kind of a goofy hunk. Yeah. Like he's not Spot on, you know? Right. He's not perfect, uh, but I guess he's the guy next door. He doesn't make you sweaty, right? He's just like, okay, yeah, I could get into that. Yeah. I'd hit that. <laughs> so uh, he comes out and is like, why is your luggage in the street? What are you doing? <laughs> and then, then he volunteers to drive her for free. Back to the hotel. Yep. Which is convenient since she only has a hundred dollars. Yeah. Like who knows how much that so cab fare So she still would be. has hundred percent of her hundred dollars. Yeah, she even tried to tip the bus driver and yeah. he couldn't break her hundo because so, who can? A nice lesson of this movie is be attractive. Yep. And people will carry a hundred dollar bill. Free. Yep. yep. And they can't break it. Yeah, they can't break it. And they love you. They, yep. They they want some of that too. And they'll they'll let you do stuff for free. So she gets to the hotel. And lo and behold, cab driver is also the guy checking her into the hotel. He's also the innkeeper. Look at that. It's uh it's a very lift and Airbnb kind of position here. He's got it both. He runs the tourism industry in Snowfall. I mean really, yeah. Yeah, he's got a monopoly on the town. So this inn, we gotta talk about it, is just beautiful. It looks like there are tons of guests because the lobby is just full of people like having hot chocolate and knitting mm-hmm. and just getting down and having the like, Christmassy time in their lives. And it's very full for being almost Christmas. I think it's like two or three days before Christmas in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, his last name is Collins. I have it written down here. So it's Jake Collins. 
So we learn very quickly that he's very charitable. He helps the homeless. We find all this out as she asks for the room service. And he says, oh, there is no room service here. They don't even have a kitchen. So I'll walk you down to Debbie's diner. And she's like, great. Yeah, totally not creepy. He's obviously just being a charitable person. Yep. I'll walk this attractive single guest yeah. Who just told me she's engaged? Down I, think, to- I think in any other movie that would be up with the times, uh, this character would have been portrayed poorly as uh, somebody. So would- really, I'd better scary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Things that don't age well is uh, creeps who like to stalk their prey. But it's in a whole, uh, like a small town. Like yeah, so, what are you yeah, so do? He, he's he's clearly somebody who you can't touch because he's a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, so everything he does, everything he touches is. Is golden. Oh, before they go to Debbie's, though, I have to mention the important plot point, which is Zeke is not there. She says, okay, well, can I hand deliver these letters before? Or I have something I need to give to Zeke. She doesn't even say the letters. Plot twist. Zeke isn't here. He's somewhere else. He doesn't carry a cell phone. We have no idea when he's going to be back. So He's a mysterious mountain man, and you just need to get over it. And so, you know, if you're a city slicker and you're in a small town, they're telling you that you can't get in touch with Zeke. And you're used to getting on your Snapchats and beep him, page him, and woof him, finding people quickly. <laughs> then uh, you're going to be upset, and she is upset. But whatever, I'll walk you down to the diner, baby girl. It'll all be fine. So yeah. on the way to the diner, we find out what a great guy Jake is. Yeah, because he gives a couple quarters to a homeless guy named Baxter. He knows him by name. Yep. yep. And Ellen is like, "Oh, I don't give money to the homeless because my boyfriend tells me that." You're not supposed to do that. Uh, that it doesn't help them actually get out of poverty. Yeah. And so I think this is probably, uh, maybe it could have added this as another reason why I dislike this movie, is because it creates uh, black and white morals. So Well, uh, I would say there's two things to note about this. One, Ellen doesn't have her own opinions because she relies on what her fiancé says. And right. number two... That clearly the fiance is a bad person because they don't go into any of the nuance of that statement. Mm-hmm. And that um, Jake's a great guy. Yeah. I mean, because for, he's the one who gives the quarters. For all we know, like this homeless guy could be a heroin addict and you could be enabling him, but you could be setting up a charity for uh, someplace that could actually help that person get out of their situation. But we don't go into any of that because it's just Jake's world and we're because all in it. Because it's clear black and white. Yeah. And that, like, country good, city bad, uh, charity good, not charity bad. Yep. Pretty much. And apparently there's enough, the charity need in this town is mostly for homeless people. That seems to be the, seems to be a, for a, the small population of Snow Falls, there seems to be a large proportion that does not have a home. Well, they, they say that, but they only have one homeless person. Well, that they show regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Good old Baxter. Yeah. You don't want to cast too many homeless people in a movie because otherwise. Well, it takes away from the allure of the town. Yeah. It yeah. takes away from the magic. Uh-huh. We yeah. can't have that. So they get down to Debbie's Diner. Uh, Debbie is played by Andy McDowell, who's, you know, just like the classic cool lady ever since, you know, your mom. And she's so- in the pickling business. <laughs> Guess what? Behind the counter, tons of pickles. There's just jars upon jars of pickles in that place. You wonder if she acquired those from someone else or if she did it herself. Yeah, They tried to make it a little understated. It's pretty overstated. Uh, if, I think, when y'all watch this and you I, see the pickles. If I wouldn't have pointed out, would you have noticed No, I actually didn't notice the pickles before okay. you said anything. Okay. I, yeah. Because I thought they were just kind of in the background. No, it's a lot of pickles. But it's a lot of pickles. <laughs> it's a lot of homemade pickles. Yep. 
not not homemade, restaurant made. Yep. Well, but everything at Debbie's is homemade. Right. It's never made sense to me about diners when they're like, it's homemade. I'm like, but I'm at a restaurant, right? Is this attached to your house? Maybe someone lives there. Baxter. Yeah. Maybe it's Baxter's home. <laughs> Those are I'm Baxter's pickles. <laughs> he pickles the garbage that he finds oh, in the street. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, so all of a sudden we get trigger warning for Jake. Uh, Silent Night comes on, and then he sees flashes of Vietnam, and he goes to the jukebox and tries to, like, punch a hole in it. Algus is making a metaphor to Vietnam, but it's it's just his own personal Vietnam. There's no detail about Jake yeah, being a non vet. I'm not a doctor, but... There's uh, definitely some PTSD involved. I think there's some PTSD yeah. involved with, uh, with Silent Night. But we don't get to know why, but Aunt De- his... Okay, Debbie, who owns the place is his aunt debbie now imagine this is a guy it i'm assuming if he goes to a town like this he's probably a churchgoer so yeah. imagine him going to christmas mass do you think he attacks the priest when they play silent night <laughs> <laughs> he de- definitely doesn't go to the midnight mass because that's where they show it or where they play it yeah because uh, he definitely attacks his jukebox and i think you think he just walks out all defiantly because like everyone in town knows he hates silent night i don't know do you think everyone in the town does know? So somebody went and put that on because they saw him walk in. Ooh, possibly. Yeah, because <laughs> who puts Silent Night on a jukebox? Why is it even on the jukebox? And it's not like it's a good version either. <laughs> not that there's... I hate that song, but I kind of... At first I was like, maybe he just doesn't like Silent Night. Like, I don't... Who knows? What a mess. We can well, go... With- <laughs> he's got anger issues, and uh, spoiler alert for those of you... Who want to sit through the rest of this podcast. Well, we already told you who she ends up with. (laughs) Uh, Well, spoiler alert. uh, The reason why Silent Night is... um, The reason why Silent Night is a trigger is because he got broken up with while Silent Night was playing. He got, like, divorced, right? Wasn't he married? Uh, Yeah. So his partner left him. Yeah. Whatever stage they were in. And it was painful and... uh, and this all happened in New York City, obviously the devil's town. Yes. Where people do very bad things, like leave their husbands for and somebody richer Wall on Street. Wall Street. They do Wall Street. They do yeah. Wall Street, and they abandon any small town values, and Silent Night is the trigger for all that evil. Yep. Yep, yep. That, you wrapped it up in a nice little bow there. Okay. Uh, back at the inn, after the Silent Night episode. More carolers. Yeah, the carolers. Just want to add that more carolers. It's so charming that they will like follow you wherever you go. But are they in her head? Ooh, is it like a sixth sense type thing? (laughs) I feel like we could totally review this movie from carolers. Yeah, this movie could be seen as like how much of this is actually real. Right. Oh, what about? Oh my gosh, there's so much that would make it more interesting. Like, what if Zeke is fake? She was, like, looking for Zeke, and everyone's like, right, Zeke is Zeke died 50 years ago. And they're like, maybe we can make a lot of money from this woman who has nice clothes and tell her that Zeke left and it will indefinitely be gone. (laughs) And she'll just indefinitely pay us for room service. Yep. It's possible. That is the tourism industry in Snow Falls. It's entrapment. (laughs) (laughs) But we know that's not true because she only has $100. And, uh, yeah, she couldn't and last says, forever. I can't. Uh, I, I don't have any money. I spent it all on dinner 
Or she was like, I can't stay another night. And Jake's like, I understand. It's, it's hard. We all go through hard times. You know what? I've got a way for you to earn your keep. Why did you come work for my tourism monopoly? Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so why don't you just start cleaning around here? So her first assignment is to clean this room. Where some sort of orgy has been going down. Yeah, there's bras everywhere and things are broken. It looks like someone had a really good time and left. Yeah. Uh, things that happen in snowfalls. What what happens in snowfalls stays in snowfalls, right? <laughs> right. I didn't have to finish that. Okay. Well, I did it for you. <laughs> uh, but it's a, a pretty nasty room, and she has to clean up. And obviously, she's somebody from the city. Yep. When you live in the city, you don't clean up after you yourself. You don't know how to clean you it. You have all. a maid. Yeah. But now she's the maid, so she has to clean everything up. She doesn't know how to operate a vacuum. Well, it's like a 1950s vacuum, in fairness, but it should be pretty straightforward. Like, technology was lighter then. Right. Uh, but vacuum starts kind of shaking violently in, in yeah. a cartoonish way. Uh, and then camera pans away, explosion. Zeke comes up to see what happened. Not Zeke. What's Jake. Jake. <laughs> Jake, Zeke, Jebediah. <laughs> same thing. Chick-fil-A. They're all one of the same. Uh, yeah, so there's dust everywhere in this room, and it's kind of like pulled out of a cartoon, but I guess you need some comic relief here to lighten the mood and keep you engaged with the movie. Uh, so, uh, Jake is like, well, I guess, uh, cleaning isn't your thing because you can't operate a vacuum. She's like, uh, I don't want to blow my cover as an heiress. Yeah. So uh, I, w- I was a baker. Yeah, I'm a baker. Baker. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So, uh, yeah, she still owes this uh, this town some money. So she's not going to be let off the hook. She needs to work some more. Yeah. So he's like, well, I've got an idea. Maybe since you suck at cleaning, which anyone should be able to do. I'm going to send you to the diner because the diner owes me money, too. I think it was just that Aunt Debbie needs some help. Oh, right. <laughs> so Debbie needs some help uh, baking some stuff for some things they have coming up Christmassy. Okay, so we're baking some stuff, and Debbie she, sniffs her out within like two minutes. Yeah, she's they, like, uh, "What is it? Sort the eggs? Uh, separate the eggs? Separate so the to, eggs? Like, separate the whites from the yolks?" Yeah, and uh, Ellen's like, "I don't know what that means. Do you mean by size and?" By man, weight or by volume? <laughs> man, you outed yourself. So And uh, she's like, and by the way, you look just like Jim Langford's daughter. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> so now that she's been outed, she's like, no, don't out me to anybody else because special, mission, special mission. special mission for my dad and I can't, people can't identify me. And she's like, cool. She's like, your secret's safe with me because she's the cool aunt, you know? Yeah. Uh, big so, storm hits. That's the next big event, right? The big snowstorm. The big snowstorm. Everyone is running everywhere. Uh, a lot of running. Half the power's out in half the town. Yeah. So that's a quarter of the town, if you use my math there. Everybody just run because snow means run. They've got most of the people in a shelter, the displaced persons, but a few of them need to stay at the inn, and the inn's already full. She's like, Jake, you know there's no vacancies. He's like, well, we'll just have to make it work. Yep. So they're they're piling people into this hotel, left and right. Yep. 
Uh, Everyone's and, agreeing to share, even like the miserly old Captain Williams is like, well, I guess I'm gonna fly on a couch. And there's this one family, like, I don't know if we need the help. And then someone says, I'll help you, it's Christmas. Yeah, so, which is bizarre. It's yeah. like, if it's January 7th, no help. Yeah, I feel like there's a, in pop culture, there's a theme for Christmas that like, oh, it's Christmas. Therefore, like, I'm going to go out of my way to help you because normally I'm a miserly person. But but I'm going to be an a-hole the rest of the year. But if I'm good on Christmas, I'm good. Yeah. Well, I mean, why do you think church attendance goes up at Christmas and Easter? I guess so. People feel guilty about it. They're something. like, well, at least I want to go hear the good jams. I want to I want to hear Silent Night. <laughs> Everyone shows up for all holy night. I want to see Jake have a rage attack and well, yeah, attack the choir. Fact salad truth dressing right there. Okay, uh, uh, yeah. So the storm's happening. They're trying to find a place for all these people. You uh, know, Ellen's like, I'll give up my big old bed to this mom and her two babies, and I'll take the couch. And by the way, I'm going to go out into the snow, and people are like, don't go out, it's too cold out there, and then she comes back with a homeless person. Yeah, she comes back with Baxter. And they're like, oh, this is weird, we don't actually like Baxter. Yeah, they were like, oh, what's he doing in here? Yeah, and she's like, oh, you need to be more charitable, and then it was like, I guess you got a point. Come here, Baxter. Oh, and like Jake's mad at her. Like, I was worried sick. He, first of all, is like, I'm going to go out and get firewood. And he acts like he's going like three towns over to get firewood, throws on a bomber hat and goes out to the porch right? to get firewood. Very dramatic. He's kind of a dramatic guy. <laughs> he really is. He uh, acts like he's not, though. That's that's what that's what's irksome about him. I don't even know if that's a word. But um, I wrote here at this point in my notes... If Kermit the Frog were a cute, charming in-owner, that would be Jake. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, that's uh, Jake. Now that everybody's stuffed in this house, Ellie... Can't she, sleep. She can't sleep, so she goes into Jake's den, <laughs> and he's painting. He is. Well, he's making art, and she uses the line from Christmas Prince... You're very talented. I mean, in this case, he was pretty talented. Yeah. It was, it was better than the first Noel performance. It was a pretty good drawing. Yeah. Uh, he said, oh, I'm just a doodler. So we discover a couple things during this scene. One is that there's this auction that Jake's been planning for months, and he's woefully unprepared for it. It's two days away. He's got, like, a couple of knickknacks uh, that a, he's a dusty old cowboy hat off for the homeless. So, uh... I guess pretty poor planning as far as auctioning, but he could it, be an overcommitter. He could he could have just overcommitted to a lot of things, and he just had between the cab driving, the innkeeping, the charitable work. He's I got mean, some, focus. Something's got to give. Yeah, and he's trying to heal too. I mean, he's got the silent night stuff going on. Like yeah. he's got a lot on his plate. He's got a lot going on. He should probably focus a little bit more. I'm, you know what? Self care, Jake. Maybe you wouldn't be so uh, you know angry at city people if you took care of yourself. Yeah. After he reveals that he's got this big event that he's unprepared for, he's like, I have some sexual tension. Let's relieve it by going on a walk. He's like, now? <laughs> yes. After after he gave her such a hard time about it being so cold outside, he wants to go out into they the storm. They go outside, and it actually looks pretty nice outside. I'm like, wow. It looks like a balmy 38. It must have warmed up like 30 degrees yeah. since the last scene. Uh, and then they go into an ice sculpture park. And Jake is like, they're a big hit with tourists, with this tourist. No, 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 no. 
let's get no, into it no, first. Just, hang on, hang on. It's the big reveal. Is like you like these ice sculptures. He's like, I designed them. Yeah, he designed. He did not chisel them. He just drew some clip art. Yep. And people put them to life in ice sculptures. Yeah, so it's basically just like a couple snowflakes of reindeer. <laughs> and that's what he designed. Which, what a gig to have if yeah. you can just design ice sculptures and not actually have to saw them and make them. I mean, those ice sculptures could have gone to like a Google image search and found some better <laughs> material. <laughs> they could have made like a vodka luge. Everybody likes that trick, you know? There's nothing wrong with They're that. They're artists. Yeah, that's right. They're Don't artists. sully their art. I didn't say it couldn't be the mannequin piss statue. I just said it wasn't going to be. All right. So uh, Jake is like, yeah, these are a hit with a tourist. And then that sets up the line. Yeah, and she goes, they're a hit with this tourist. It's like, okay, God. You're still engaged. But wait, before that, she's like, truth bomb. My mom died when I was a teenager. Yeah. Oh, because he talks about Silent Night and why it triggers him. That's okay, right. Yes, yeah, so this yeah. is why we find out. It's, it's confession time all of a sudden. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, Ellen, also Ellie. Yeah, she uh, she reveals her weaknesses, and then this is time for them to kiss. Oh yeah, he says, "Is this the part where we're supposed to kiss?" She's like, "I think so." And then they're about to kiss, about to see some lips on infidelity. Lips. And she goes, I can't. I can't. I forgot. I'm engaged to an asshole. <laughs> so fast forward to the next day. So yeah, <laughs> they awkwardly get out of that scenario. Awkwardly get out of the scenario. And then she's like, you know what? I still feel for him. So let me go out and find. Let me make sure, you know, I'm not hurting his feelings so bad. I need to make sure I keep up his masculinity. Yeah. Like he, I can't just trust him to deal with it. So she goes out and finds all these... All kinds of great giveaways. All kinds of giveaways. She goes up and down the street. She uh, have a ton of small businesses in Snowfalls. So she like, basically hustles all these small businesses, gives them some gingerbread cookies in exchange for something expensive that they could raffle off for charity. Yeah. Whatever charity means. Probably mostly admin costs that get funneled to Jake. Yep. I think he probably takes like a 70% cut. <laughs> <laughs> He's that like Salvation Army big reveal of like the overhead being way yeah, yeah that's him. So uh, anyway, all this money's going to be funneled to charity. Jake. Uh, <laughs> Jake the charity. He is a charity case, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the more you think about him. So she surprises him with like, oh look at all these nice things that I got for you. And he's like, I don't know what to say. And, you know, the sheriff, for whatever reason, is there. And he's like, thank you. It would probably be a good start. Yep. Because small town stuff. So then they hug a little bit long. It's a long hug. It's too it's long. It's a long hug. And it's long enough for the fiancé to show up. A whole fiancé rolls up in his BMW. And he's BMW. Like, what's going on here? Where's the 12 inches distance between my future wife and another man? Yeah. Uh, so while the hug itself didn't, like... Out of context, it wouldn't be sensual, but with context... It's, Given that they almost kissed last night. Yeah. Uh, they're definitely enjoying it a little bit more than a brother and sister would. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> God, what's going on in these families? So, so that the a-hole fiancé comes up and asserts himself as an a-hole. Yeah, the police guy approves of the hug. He kind of like... Oh, yeah, he's like, whoa, girl. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh, then the fiance is an asshole 
And, and Ellen's like, let's just, you want to tour the inn? And he's like, fine, whatever. So they go in the house. And he hates it. He hates he hates his room. Yeah. Ellen's uh, like, go and take a nap. He's like, god damn it. He goes in there. There's people in his room. And then end scene. Yeah, pretty much. Fast forward to their setting up for the auction. I think there's some stuff in between. But honestly, like... This movie was, I think, an hour and 48 minutes, and these movies should never linger over an hour and 32 minutes. So there was some real dead space in there Yeah, and I have that some I don't even know what dead happened. Dead space in my notes. I stopped taking notes because I just... Nothing happened. I, I couldn't follow it. There wasn't really anything. I took some dumb notes, but like I don't even know if they're worth anyone's time. Uh, one thing I put in is she knows shockingly little about Zeke. Yeah. I mean, well, I was we starting to be used about... I was starting to muse about some of the plot holes. Like, did the taxi driving stop? One note I have is this movie is Main Street's answer to Wall Street. I guess we, we touched on that theme of that this is just, like, an all-out war against any big city. Yep, war against city folk. Okay, so we're at the auction getting everything set up. Ellen's, you know, bringing in all this delightful stuff that she picked up from all the townspeople and... He says something about Jake is the he. He says something about, like, you can't trust anyone. And then he apologized also for putting the moves on her because he knew he shouldn't. He's like, well, you just can't trust anyone. And now I feel like I trust you. Which they've known each other for, like, 48 hours. Quick romance. Come on, guys. If you don't trust anyone, but then you trust someone within two days, like, what's really going on there? Yeah, I think that's that's a personal issue. He needs to work out. Yeah. Well, and then she's like, well, I've got to tell you something. Because she's about to reveal that she's Ellen Langford, and he really probably can't trust her. And they get interrupted because he needs to go help somebody on the stage they're setting yeah. up. And then he tells some, like, workers' comp jokes up there. Oh, God, it's so painful. He's like classic small-town jokester. Yeah. Uh, back at the end, everybody's eating the cookies that she made with Debbie. And this guest pulls her over and is like, I come from a family of pastry chefs, and these are the best cookies I've ever had. Which, nope, probably not. Nope. Maybe he's being nice. <laughs> but it's annoying. It is annoying. <laughs> uh, maybe he just wanted to lift her up. It's like, yeah, you know. That's he, sweet. Like, sometimes when people's kids have a drawing and it's not realistic, you're like, this is the best thing ever. He'd do it to lift them up. Yeah. She's a grown woman, but whatever. Okay, so she's back at the inn. The fiancé drops in. He's mean again. There's no real details to give there. She re- she goes through the box of letters, which she hasn't done yet. I don't know how, but they're all emotional and sweet, and they go through the history of home and hearth and how her mom died and her growing up, which apparently Zeke doesn't have any children. It's never mentioned. I don't know. Who knows? But they're not inheriting the company. So, fiancé gets all pissy and goes out to the bar, and he's drinking a martini with 800 olives in it. And Jake walks in, because he's all pissy about meeting the fiancé. And he's like, I want a whiskey on the rocks. Skip the rocks. Skip the rocks. Because, you know, he doesn't know how to order something neat. It's Big city girl right here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So then he has another tense moment with a fiancé. The fiancé spills the beans about who Ellen truly is. Right. And then this just, like... Then Jake goes into the downward Jake's spiral. Life goes He's listening down. to Silent Night on loop. He goes on Google, and it's just like the whole screen is spiraling with like Ellen Langford fooled again. You fool. Yep. 
Which, you know, as somebody who is inheriting a business that has such strong meaning for this town, nobody knows who she is. Right. Shouldn't they know something about her? Don't they get the tabloids? Yeah, don't they know what her underpants look like based on the tabloids? I guess not. I guess we'll just have to skip that and pretend like it makes sense. Yep. So, next morning, I guess it's the next day. They're trying to check out because she's like, I can't, you know, fiance wants me to leave. We got to leave for our trip to Maui. We can't be here. Fiance she's says, like, I need to do Zeke. I need to do Zeke thing. And he's like, no, we're leaving. And then they leave. And Oh, well, before they do, Jake gives her a big hit of lip with like, these letters are very pretty damn meaningful for the people Because she just wanted to town. drop them off. And yeah. he's for- like, we don't hold valuables for customers. Yes. Yeah, it's it's really, so dumb. Really dumb. Spiteful Jake is not a good look. No. <laughs> uh, anyone who tries to be that dramatic, come on, guys. Yep. So uh, she leaves all the letters, and then she's back in the car. Yep. Uh, and then realizes, like, oh, I didn't, the most recent letter wasn't there. And that's, like, a big deal. Because that's the one she's supposed to deliver yeah, with the, the box. She, yeah, That's the one she's supposed to deliver. And she gets into a fight with her fiancé. And then when they go to fill up with gas, she's like, I see a bus going to... Snow Falls. Snow Falls. Sioux Falls. To Sioux Falls. <laughs> I'm going to hop on this bus and then uh, leave my fiancé. She leaves the ring in her car, leaves. She's no longer engaged. She's single and ready to mingle with Jake. She gets on that bus and then goes straight to the party. She has a new outfit on. We don't know how because she didn't get her luggage out of her car before and getting on the she bus. Still was running how did out she of afford money? the bus? I don't know. Maybe she's like, "Do you know who I am?" Maybe now she was like leveraging yeah, her. Yeah, maybe. Uh, all right, so she comes into this uh, this auction, which is a pretty bopping party. Yeah, there's a lounge singer up there just the rocking around guys the Christmas tree. There, and then Santa comes out. Guess who Santa is? Zeke. He's Uncle Zeke. And he's like, I'm here to read a letter that's pretty much private business, but I'm going to involve the entire town. You all have to listen to... Because the town has to be involved in this company. Yeah, the town has to be involved in this company. And and he's reading the letter and saying like, oh, we're going to bequeath this company to Ellen Langford, who's actually right here. And then Ellen's like, oh, my dad's here. Oh She's like, God. how did you know I was going to come back? And here's the the awesome quote. We didn't know. We had faith you would. Mm, yeah. Oh, man. That's so then thick. everybody's feeling good. Ellen's like, yes, I beat the challenge. I'm going to inherit this company. Everything's going to be great. Uh, Debbie gets up. There's, it's mentioned before that Debbie's been a lounge singer, but, you know, she hung up her boots a long time ago. So now she's going to perform this very special performance of Silent Night. She's like, if anyone wants to dance to Silent Night. And, of course, Jake shows up and is like, which is shocking. It's just like he's healed yep. that quickly. Um, so they slow dance to a jam about Jesus being born. Um, it, it sung terribly. Yeah, and I felt bad because Andy McDowell... I feel like that was her moment to shine, and um, it kind of fell a little flat. It, yeah. If I could, like... Um, or was it sharp? <laughs> <laughs> she sang in, like, her lowest range. I don't know. It was rough. And the, the lounge singer 
from before was like helping her, but not helping. It was a performance to remember. Performance to remember and end movie. Oh, well, we forgot to mention the cute last line, which is they're dancing to Silent Night. And Jake goes, is this the part where we're supposed to kiss? She's like, I think so. And this time they actually do kiss. End movie. Okay. End movie. You can't skip that in a romantic film. I guess not. Yeah, you need to end with a kiss. So they kiss. All right, August. So time for reviews. How many Santa Clauses would you give this out of five? So I think no one will be shocked that I am actually giving this movie one Santa emoji. Uh, what made you give it one instead of zero? Or is zero not an option? I don't think zero is an option. That's okay. like if the movie never showed up. If it, if I pressed play and, Disqualified. It, and yeah. my TV blew up, okay. then I would give it zero <laughs> sand emojis. Okay. But I feel like if, if you are uh, a small town sentimental person with an axe to grind against big city folk, you would probably give it five Santa Claus emojis. Wow, and that's a big assessment. You don't know those people, but... I'm just assuming if you're one of those types of people, you might enjoy this movie. So I think it has some redeeming qualities, and the first three times that I watched it without you, I at least semi-enjoyed it. So I think I'll give it two and a half Christmas trees. And I know that's it's hard for me to, to do that. I didn't want to put it at two because it seemed too low and three is way too high. So two and a half it has to be. But it's hard for me to put my finger on what about this movie falls so flat when it has all the right elements. Um, you know, it's got pretty much the same formula. I think they're as just Christmas checking Prince. boxes. Yeah. It didn't have the passion. Uh, and I think. It, I don't know if it was the acting or I think how it was the, roles the negative were. undertone that, like, city people are bad. And that's true. not in the spirit of Christmas. And there was no real magic with it, I guess. Right. Because when you're negative, it's not magic. Yeah. And the most magical thing about it, I think, was, like, the ice sculptures. Maybe. That yeah. was the most magical thing they could yeah. come up with. There could have been oh, and I guess her learning how to bake was nice. Yeah. Baking's magic. Yeah, it is. It's alchemy. All right. So this next segment of What Did We Learn About Christmas? Uh, so what I learned is if you're an awful person... Don't worry, you can turn it all around three days before Christmas. Uh, my lesson is that if you are a cab driver and an innkeeper, you can become party to a multi-million dollar company if you just sass a person enough. Makes sense. Yep. Okay. So I think we're done. Yeah, let's... What, which, uh, which movie do you want to do next? Oh my gosh. Uh, I mean... El Camino Christmas. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. It's not really like a romantic. I think we have to do romantics first and foremost because they're taking over the Hallmark tradition. But so is Christmas Chronicles, which we've also watched with Kurt Russell. Mm -hmm. I really feel like Princess Switch needs to come up soon because we need to have the ultimate high. 